My man. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Well, well I'll tell you what's going on. You are on. Yeah, I'm going to put my other, put my other earpiece in. There he is. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, what's going on? For all our listeners, in the studio today, all the way from Chicago, Illinois, is my brother from another mother, Mike Caldwell. <laughs> Big Mike. Big Mike. Hey, welcome in. Hey, thanks. One of the most endearing things. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Now, here's one of the most endearing things about you. Well, there's a lot of endearing things about you, but... I see your hats in the background. Yeah, yeah. When I first met this guy. Oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great story how we met. There you go. But I remember he's like, yo, man, we got to go to the mall for a hat. I'm like, what? He's <laughs> like, everywhere I go, everywhere I travel, I get a hat, like a baseball cap or a flat brim nice. trucker hat. I'm like, you wear them. You collect hats. He's like, no, I don't wear them. I put them on my wall. Not to be worn. Yeah, I, I, I seriously don't wear them at all. Look at these. Look at this. Actually, there goes. Let's see, where's Utah? Utah Utah's actually right here. Got a Utah hat. Did you? Okay, when it goes you was the Moab hat. 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 And when we were in Connecticut, he got this really There goes cool Connecticut one. right next to it. It was like New England Patriots hat. It was like, no, no, no. It was uh the Mets. Come on out and <laughs> oh, we got the Mets. Oh, uh, we got the Mets. We got, Jeff we got Mexico. Uh, okay. we got DC on there. We got Puerto Rico. We got we got Las Vegas. Oh man. And then we go all the way back. <laughs> Yeah, name them all. Name them all. Yeah, man, we got well, we got tons of Chicago hats. We got a, we got a Bulls hat here. We got Atlanta back when I was in Atlanta. I uh, got this one in Manhattan when I went to New York City. I was in uh, actually that's a Brooklyn Nets hat, but I got that in Manhattan. I <laughs> uh, got a couple more Bulls hats just because we're in Chicago. I uh, got the San Francisco. Got the California hat. Got that in San Francisco when I was out there. Oh man! I uh, got my South Beach Miami hat back when I was in uh, down <laughs> down in Florida. But yeah, man, it's just on down the list. Looking to complete the collection eventually. Well, it'll, it'll, it'll theoretically never be complete because that's like in life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Exactly. It's just, it's, just a, it's just a constant work in progress is what it is. Okay, so I'm going to set the stage. So Mike here, he's an awesome guy. He's a Chicago native. He's a personal trainer. He's a very talented photographer. Uh -huh. He's traveled the world. But we met. Let's start with how we met. I want, I know how we met. <laughs> Told the story. Why don't we hear it from you? <laughs> Let's hear the real version. <laughs> Set the stage. So the real version. The real version. So what ended up happening. So first of all, we both, well, uh, if, for those of you guys who aren't familiar with, uh, with Jeff Cavalier, uh, Jeff Cavalier, he, he's a PT strength conditioning coach, really famous on YouTube. Uh, he has his channel called Athlete X. And uh, what happened is that in 2019, so about two years ago now, about a year and a half ago, I would say, uh, 2019, uh, there was what's called the Athlete X Games Live. They had, uh, and they were out in Connecticut. Uh, that's actually where I got the that's where I got the Connecticut hat. Uh, but they were out in Connecticut, so I ended up flying into New York City uh, and just taking the train down to Connecticut to uh, just just to kind of go to the Athlete X Games. And uh, C.T. Fletcher was there. Uh, for those of you guys who aren't familiar with C.T. Fletcher. C.T., I love C.T. <laughs> Man, C.T. Yeah, is just like intense on his own. So C.T. Fletcher, really famous bodybuilder. Uh, he's had like multiple uh, bypass surgeries for his heart. He's like still just still kicking, still real intense, just really dedicated to it. Uh, but we ended up just bumping into each other. We both were late. So like we both, we, like we walked in at the very last, the very last second. Like I think. I think there was like two or three key t key tag. They they basically give everybody a name tag when you walk in. 
it was like it was like a, it was like a name tag when you walked in. You're like we were like the last two people to walk in. Uh, I just randomly bumped into Jeff Cavalier. He was just like out there, just like, standing in the middle of the hallway. I ended up bumping into him, and then I was like, "Oh man, Graf, Jeff, great to meet you. Uh, a big fan of your work, love all this stuff." And then right behind me, right behind me, <laughs> right behind me, Jason just walks in same time. He's like, "Oh man, it's like we, we were just lost. Like we just walked into it was almost like a big auditorium." Uh, they had tons of chairs and stuff. It, it was a bunch of lectures that we went through. Uh, but we ended up, they ended up calling like lunchtime or break time, like as soon as we got there. Uh, and then they were like, yeah, see, see you guys in like 10, 15 minutes. And we ended up walking out to this like little uh, just random smoothie place. Like neither one of us is from New York City area or Connecticut. So like, we, just, we just walked like we just ran a random direction and just like found like this random smoothie place. Ended up getting some snacks and stuff like that. Uh, came back and yeah, man, just it really just hit it off that weekend. It was intense. Rest, it was a really, really cool weekend, by the way. Just like tons of stuff going on. The, the rest is history. I remember we were nervous, so we go to the smoothie shop. So you were cool as hell. We had this instant, we had this instant camaraderie. I'm like, this guy's. <laughs> we had time. There, there, there was, we were late, but we weren't. Like the the main event had yet to start. We had time to go grab a smoothie at a protein bar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They were real there. chill on time. They were real, real chill. chill on we're, like, we're there, like. <laughs> We got some like acai berry blend smoothie. Yes. We were scared of C.T. Fletcher. C.T. Fletcher <laughs> was the, the, the keynote speaker. He's this big, uh, like scary looking black dude from Compton. Like, man, drank he, he's super intense. Just super intense. He, he's still pretty big now. And he's like, he's like oh, his late 50s, 60s. He's like much older guy. Much older guy. He's still like huge are, now. But like way back when he was just like enormous. Just how tall is he? Oh, probably like six three or six four, like our height. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit taller. He, I'm like six feet, so like he's, he's a little bit taller than me. Imposing guy, and he's got this deep voice, and he's he's really uh, iconic for his no bullshit sayings, like "It's your set, motherfucker." Hey, exactly, his, it's still your motherfucking set. set. That's what he always says. That 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 that's his catchphrase. And we're watching as we're eating these smoothies. <laughs> we're watching all these YouTube videos and his catchphrases. Another catchphrase is "You cotton candy motherfucker, get your ass off!" <laughs> like, like all the stuff. So we're scared. We're like, "Oh shit, it's me. I'm the cotton candy." What if he just walks in? What if he just walks? In? What, what if we walk in with the smoothies? He just like slaps them out. He just bump in the CT Fletcher just randomly. Man, it was good, man. It, it, it was a great weekend. Dude, that was like the hottest weekend of all oh, time in New York. I remember we it was were like cracking. a record-breaking heat wave. Oh weekend. god, it was awful. We were we were cracking up because we we're like, we better we better get going because we're gonna be late and we're gonna walk in while CT Fletcher is mid-speech and he'll look up and there we'll be with our like pink acai berry smoothies. That makes sense, you motherfucker. Like we were we were just cracking up. But so quick question, like um. So we were talking about this on another episode about we called it the hack. Yes. Right. The so would you say call it the what? The hack clock. My own clock. The hack clock. Yeah. So Jason actually got a ten minute buffer, right, for when he arrives somewhere. <laughs> so would you say uh -huh. more of a an early, you know, get there early is on time or on, right on time or a little later? Matt. It's like the notification. You, you know, you get that like 10 minute notification on your phone, just like that, that the event's gonna be happening. It's just the notification time, that's what it is. Okay. Setting up, setting up for that hack clock notification time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, it was, I remember it was weird. I, I, was, I was staying at an Airbnb and it was very New Englandy, and I was in the most fancy, 
neighborhood yes. of Stanford, Stanford, Connecticut. And it was called like Hubbard Heights. And it was all these restored Victorian homes with painted verandas and rose gardens. And it was a good like two mile walk to the venue. And I somehow didn't understand the schedule. And when I really double checked, I'm like, oh shit, I'm late. And I ran this two miles, like make Jeff Cavalier proud sort of thing. And yeah, we just happened to converge at the same time. But it was so cool because- Man, literally at the same exact time, just like walked in. It was true. I had started my morning. I had started my morning in Chicago that day. I just like literally just landed in Stanford, Connecticut. Like right, I flew out that morning, ended up landing in New York City, uh, ended up taking a bunch of trains, uh, took a train from New York, from Brooklyn to, to Stanford, Connecticut, walked a couple blocks and just like landed at the same exact time. That was an intense weekend. So not only did we arrive at the same time, but we were in the same category of competition. So it was the Athlete X game. Oh yeah, we were. It was timed. I mean, it, it was yes. burly. Everything was burly. We, you know, it was, it was timed uh, certain legs of sprints and burpees and, and push-ups. It, it was intense. Push-ups. Uh, and then the end, man, the end was intense, man. There was like, there was like sled pushes. Keep in mind, it was like record-breaking heat in New York City. Like it must have, no lie, it must have been at least like 100 and, and it, it, dude, the humidity was just like ridiculous. Oh, especially it was just ridiculous. In Connecticut, it was so hard. Humidity Everybody was just like cramping up. They had like all types of just like electrolyte drinks and all that stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, man, it was, it was great though. It was intense. And we were in a parking garage at the Athlete X team yes. set it up in like a defunct abandoned parking garage. So we're we're open air in this you know concrete bunker in the muggy Connecticut. Exactly. Heat competing we're shirtless we're sweating we're covered in <laughs> grime i loved it i loved it. it it was great and man they put i remember they put the sled out there they put the iron sleds right on the concrete and it was just like pushing the sled right on the concrete yeah. and it's mar it's it's scarring the concrete it was real hardcore like old school iron type and i remember at the end you and i went back to new york together i'm like hey listen my sis she lives in new york oh let's yeah let's go yep. so we went we bought your hat you know and on yeah, it we got the hat Jeff Cavalier got his start uh, for the New York Mets yep. as their yes. uh, personal trainer and, 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 and uh, physical therapist. And yes. so he got to come on out and meet the Mets hat. And, you know, we have lunch and everything. We, we hit the train down in New York and we're going to go to Harlem. And we went to Harlem, man. Tell us about that. Remember that? That was insane. And you're yeah, Harlem's crazy, man. That, so, so first of all, my first time in Harlem, once again. Uh, just like, man, New York City's just so big. It's just like, it's just a huge. But uh, yeah, man, we got off in Harlem. I remember there was just like, and again, keep going back to the hottest day ever. It was just like, I remember right away, there was like a guy just like selling bottles of water, just right on the street. There was a, guy, a tall guy in a suit. Uh, I think I bought a bottle of water, actually. I just you like, were, bought a I bottle. I got hit up three, four different times before we walked the block. I felt like I was in India or a third world country where... Like, like grifters and scam. Yeah, it, man, it was intense, man. And people are screaming, stinks, exactly. fight. Exactly, it's man. It's full of life. And you're like, damn, man, I'm from Chicago. Traffic everywhere. Like, this is some crazy shit. And something interesting happened. And I've never really talked to you about this, but I think this is perfect. I think this is perfect to, to, to weigh in about this because February is Black History Month, right? And I want to get into the Black Lives Matter movement with you in Chicago and your involvement, what, if, what you've been doing. Yes. But something really upsetting happened um, that I didn't feel I could tell you at the time. You and I got an Uber, like we ordered yeah. a cab, and the cab was taking us to my Yeah, we did get an Uber. And like we're going across the RFK bridge or whatever towards Astoria, and I called my sister Heidi, who's wonderful, and I had sent them 
uh, her and her roommates like selfies of us having fun, having fun on our trip. And after I yes. sent them the pictures, I get a call from my sister saying, okay, hey, so I've, I've, I've talked to all my roommates and my roommates aren't comfortable with you bringing a stranger in the house. Now, I remember I was upset. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What? He's my friend. I vouch for him. What are you talking about? I spent the whole weekend with this guy. Da, 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 da. And then I, sure. and I realized, holy shit, I think it's because he's black. Because everything oh, was A-OK okay until I sent pictures of you and me. And I think her roommate, now, that, now kicked out, they kicked her out, was a fucking racist. Okay. And oh, I, that cra the, cra oh, the crazy one. And I was really upset. Oh, wow. and, and you could tell. I remember you turned to me and I was like, Because I'm like, Floor's Dominican. <laughs> Who's gonna? It was this <laughs> one. She lives with a Dominican. <laughs> it, it was the other one. It was this white girl who was very neurotic and anxious. And I was, oh, man. and you could tell I was upset. I was like, what? This is bullshit. Fuck the, 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 the. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Even though I know it wasn't my sister's fault. You know, she was just saying, sure. my roommates were a team. We all live together. They're uncomfortable. I can meet you guys, but let's go out. Let's go have lunch. Let's do something else. But sure. we're uncomfortable gotcha. with him being in the house. And I was pissed. I'm like, this is bullshit. I hung up and you turned to me. You're like, everything all right, bro? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's just, I, I, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to put you out, but I got a really- Sure, sure, sure. And I was fucking furious. I, I, and I think it was because you, you were black and they saw those pictures. So that- But I think, I think what we got to do is say she saw those pictures because I think we've narrowed it down to yeah. a crazy one. The crazy one. Because it's not your sister. It sure is no, hell ain't, no, not it my sure sister. Hell ain't floor. Yeah, we, we ended, yeah, we ended up meet, we actually ended up meeting up with Heidi and uh, we, we went and got, was it Thai food, I believe? Yeah, uh, Vietnamese. Thai food that day. We, I think we went to Vietnamese. Yeah. Vietnamese we, I remember we went somewhere in Queens. We had a great time. It was fine, yeah. but- he wasn't allowed in the house. It was a great weekend. That's, I think we got to clarify for uh, that it was the one woman that they eventually kicked out. They kicked her out, yeah. but he wasn't allowed in the house. And I gotcha. was mad as a cut snake. I was pissed. And I never brought it up. Man, I and I'm bringing it up now. And I wanted to ask <laughs> you, look, you know, we're, 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 we're embroiled in the Black Lives Matter movement. It's Black History Month. Yes. You're in Chicago. Yes. What, you know, what, I want to know about the climate of the Black Lives Matter movement in Chicago, first of all. And what's your involvement been? Have you been protesting? Have you been marching? What have you been up to? Have you been laying low? What's going on over there? All right. So, well, I, I guess I'll start back in, I'd say back in, well, last year, really, because last year was a really big, uh, just yeah. huge year, just for like social justice and stuff like that. Uh, so I know everyone's familiar with like the, uh, for, for me, at least, uh, last year, the first thing that kind of happened was the Ahmaud Arbery, uh, killing. Yeah, down in Georgia. Uh, so, so like early in the year, yeah. So, so early in the year, that, that was a really big story. You know, you get the, uh, you get the kid who's just kind of, just kind of, uh, I, I, like, I, I don't know the full story, but from what I understand, he, he was just like either jogging or he was like jogging out houses or something jogging. down there. And then, uh, and then I guess like some guys pulled a shotgun on him. Uh, I don't like I, I don't know if they were like retired uh, like one of them was supposed to one of them was a retired cop. Yeah, but like it was, it was like a lynching. Remember they used that word. Yeah. Like he got lynched. Yeah, and I know. Long story short, basically he got shot and killed. So like that yeah. that was a huge story. When I say but lynching, then, uh, be before the before that story actually even got a chance to even like kind of calm down or even like get resolved 
then you get the, the George Floyd killing, which is just like egregious. You know, he's like, you're basically just watching. Uh, I actually heard about the George Floyd killing. Well, this happened on Memorial Day of last year. So, so, so May of May 25th of 2020. Uh, like I heard about the story, uh, actually the day it happened, but I, I didn't realize like how, how big it was. All, all I heard was, oh, uh, like a uh, police killed a guy in, in, in Minneapolis, which to me wasn't even like, it, it, like it's it's crazy like that i feel like it happened so often that like it wasn't even like, shocking like i didn't even i didn't even really like uh is this to me to, to me it was just another notification it was just like another notification on my phone okay like okay like again you know like okay it happened it happened again uh but then like a few days later once i start realizing that like there was there was a lot of huge like unrest and stuff like that i finally just watched the video mm. and uh yeah i mean like it's a tough video to watch I mean, I mean, you're basically watching the cops uh, just like kill somebody, you know. Uh, and I ended up watching the video, and man, it 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 was intense, man. Uh, it the, the whole city of Chicago just kind of almost went into like lockdown, man. They they uh, when I say like they were looting, uh, they were they they were, they were freaking uh, pretty much protesting every single day, maybe for like a month. There was like there was like protests. I'm talking like all day from like morning it's all the way into evening. Pretty much every day for for an entire month, and then and then like every weekend after that they were still protesting. Uh, but there was Black Lives Matters protests. Uh, there, pretty much anyone anybody who was trying to protest anything was just out there, you know. Uh, and, and and I feel like it almost evolved into uh, well, you you had Black Lives Matter at the forefront, but it almost evolved into like a almost like a class sort of warfare sort of thing. Like you like like uh, well, I, I feel like in the United States at least we get like a lot of uh, there's almost a lot of like uh, this this team and then that team. So even like in our politics, we get a lot of like red team, blue team. Either you're Democrat or Republican, or like like you you're either for us or against us. But there's like a lot of like big guy, little guy, that sort of thing. So I feel like a lot of like the looting and stuff was people really just trying to stick it to like the the the, the like big guy, you know, the the like the uh, the, the establishment and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, man, it was it was crazy. That was probably the most dangerous it's been in this city in a in like a in a long time. Uh, definitely, definitely in my lifetime. Like, what did you well, do? What did you do during that? Man, so what ended up happening? So, so COVID had been going on, so people were just kind of kind of locked indoors anyway. Uh, so, like, the, I mean, like all of our stores and everything was closed except for like grocery stores and stuff like that. Uh, but I. I, uh, me being a biker, I, I bike around the city a lot. Uh, I would, I would bike around the city from time to time and like see, just like, just see just certain things just going on. Uh, but for the most part, man, we, so, so Chicago had like a serious curfew, uh, in effect. And like, they, they literally closed, uh, well, I don't, I don't know if either of you have ever been to Chicago. Uh, but yeah, Andrew, been a couple times. He's been more. Yeah. Man, we, we've got like Michigan Avenue, which is like, mm -hmm. uh, it's almost like our Broadway in a way. It's like, there's like theaters, there's like tons of shopping and stuff like that man michigan avenue got completely looted like i'm talking like they stole like everything was destroyed everything was taken the off the, the theaters right like the, the 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 mayor actually let the bridges up the, 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 the chicago river goes through it like it like cuts through the loop through downtown uh the mayor had to let the bridges up just so people couldn't go downtown anymore and uh, man, when I, when I when I say like Chicago, Chicago looked like Gotham City from uh, from, uh from <laughs> oh, shit. no no joke, like it literally was just like Gotham City, like uh like that that was one of the uh, July of uh, last year was actually the most 
uh, the most homicides we have in a month. We've had in a month. Uh, you told me that. 1990, I think in 1992. It was in like 1991 or 1992. But like I'm talking, like it, it was just insane. How many, it, people, it, like, got, I, I, how many people got killed? Wait. Uh, it was over 100. It was like over 100 murders <laughs> that month. Uh, which is like insane, man. It, 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 it was obnoxious. But like, I, I don't think it's ever, I don't think the city's ever felt that dangerous before. But at the same time, not saying that everyone out there was just like looking to like cause trouble. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of people out there who are like actually protesting. Like a, a lot, a lot of what ended up happening is like it, it almost was a daily schedule. So like, the morning would come, people would kind of get ready for protesting, uh, and then like the early afternoon would happen, people would actually be out there just like protesting the entire day. Like whether they, they maybe maybe they'll march like a few miles through the city. Uh, a lot of a lot of these protests would pick up steam. And like, I mean, a little bit of everybody was out there. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, it's just like this group of people, that group of people. Like it was, a, it was a really unified, just kind of movement of people really just, oh yeah, everybody was just like upset, you know, like uh, for, for just like for, for good cause too, for good reason. Uh, and, and everybody had been locked in doors for like two, three months already. So people were like stir crazy. Like people were just really ready to get outside and just like, just do something, you know? So uh, people were out there just protesting. And then what ended up happening is that after the, the, the big protests were over, once night fell around like 8.30, 9 o'clock p.m., uh, most of, the, most of the, the, the protesters just go home, but there's always going to be like a huge group of people left over afterwards. Those are the people who started like looting and stuff like that. No hard. Like a, yeah. Oh, man, it was intense. Yeah, it was, Chicago definitely felt the, uh, felt the effects of uh, George Floyd just like a major way, major way. Being from I actually Chicago. moved out of my apartment. I'm, I'm in my apartment right now. I actually moved out of my apartment for, uh, for three months during that period. Uh, I moved to my, uh, to my mother's house. Uh, I quarantined there because, uh, well, first of all, everything was closed. Like my job was closed. Uh, all the stores and everything were closed. But like it, the city had gotten so dangerous that like I didn't want to kind of like be out and about, just kind of mm-hmm. just kind of like, like moving at random. And plus me being on a bicycle, I drive now, but like me being on a bicycle, like I don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. You're much more vulnerable. So I actually moved out of my apartment for three months. So from from March until uh, like mid July, I actually moved out of my apartment. Being from yeah. Chicago, what kind of racism have you experienced throughout your life? Man, so what I would say, I, I would say for Chicago, so I, I, so first of all, Chicago is the only place I've ever lived. Uh, Tell us where you're from. Address. Uh, I, was pretty, I was pretty much born here. Uh, so I, I was born in what's called Oak Park, Illinois, uh, which is literally across the street from Chicago. It's like the, it's Chicago's next door neighbor. Uh, but I was born in Oak Park, Illinois. Uh, I've lived in Chicago my entire life. Born and raised here, went to high school here, uh, went to college here, currently work here, currently live here now. Uh, but I've been I've been in Chicago and basically my You're entire life. Really <laughs> yeah, man, I've been here. I've been, and, and I've lived on I've lived in multiple different spots of Chicago. So like I'm originally from the west side, which is considered like a really uh, bad side of the city. So I'm I'm from the the south side's the same way, but like uh, the west side and south sides are uh, pretty poverty stricken. Like they're like the schools aren't very good by any means. Uh, uh, one of the things I got really lucky with growing up was that. Uh, uh, my dad, who actually passed at this point, my, my, my dad's actually uh, uh, been deceased for, for almost 25 years now. It'll, it'll actually be 25 years in March. So uh, next month will be 25 years, actually. Uh, my, dad, my dad actually passed when I was, when I was uh, in first grade, when I was six. Uh, but one of the things he did right before he passed was uh, he made sure that me and my, so I have three brothers. Uh, he made sure that me and my three brothers actually got into a good school. So we got bused to school. 
Uh, he didn't, he didn't want us to go to the schools in our neighborhood because like they were, I'm talking, when I say like they're, they're just, they're just not as good. Like they're, they're, they're poor. Uh, they're, they're really dangerous. A lot of the times, like we had to, you had to walk maybe like four or five blocks just to get to school. And like the stuff, the stuff that you have to like pass just to get to schools, like in itself is dangerous. So like, I mean, I mean, like, like I still go visit my mom every weekend, but uh, like the park that we, the park right by our house is like a hot spot for like, like drug dealing and stuff like that. Uh, there was a shooting by that park like two weeks ago. Somebody got killed. Uh, somebody, somebody was just like sitting in a car um, and, and uh, somebody just pulled up. Uh, I guess uh, some people just pulled up and uh, shot two dudes in the car. One guy got shot in the back of the head, got killed. And then the other person, they had to rush into the hospital. Uh, but like, but, yeah, but like the, the West Side of Chicago is like real. It's a jungle. It's a jungle out there. That's intense, man. It, 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 it's, it's, when you hear like Chicago's crazy, that's what they're talking about. But you, grew about up, like the you grew up, you grew up in that. You grew up in that. You were lucky. That, that's where I grew up until I was 18. So up until the end of high school, that's where I grew up. Then after high school, I ended up going to college also in Chicago. I went to DePaul University, uh, which is in Lincoln Park, which is in uh, one of the nicer areas of the city. It's in, like a really nice area. So I ended up moving to Lincoln Park, uh, lived over there for about three years uh, until I graduated. And then uh, after that, man, I actually moved back to my moved back to my mom's house for like a year or two, kind of saved up some money. Uh, was kind of trying to figure out, I was maybe like 23, 24 at the time. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do post-college. Uh, so I started working this job. We, we were talking about the photography, uh, but I ended up getting a uh, getting a job in web graphic design because I, I had gotten a degree in uh, film photography. Uh, so I was I was I was doing like uh, uh, web design for for a bunch of different uh, companies like Best Buy, Walgreens, that sort of thing. Uh, so I learned how to use like Photoshop and stuff like that. They they would send us just like tons of images and things like that. And um, here, guys, give me two seconds. I got to send this text really quick. You're all good. You're all good. So yeah, you know, I, I'm, I actually live in the hood now myself, Pharaoh. Um, I live in West Salt Lake, which is not to be compared with the West side of Chicago, but I see drug deals every day, man, from my kitchen. I'm just eating a, you know, a plate of whatever, and I can look out the window and my neighbors are drug dealers. And I see people coming around to their doors around the clock and just a little passage of hands, a little interaction. What I want to know, Mike, is being saturated in that sort of environment when you're a kid, how did you avoid yes. the pressures to say join gangs or get into drug culture or- you know, Oh man, well, I would, I would, well, two, two big reasons. So, so half of the reason was my dad that I was telling you about. Uh, he got me and my brothers basically bust to a good school out in Norridge. I still go to Norridge to this day. Actually, I actually work out in Norridge every Sunday. I still go there. How far, how uh, far was that from where you were? Man, uh, so Norridge is about ten miles from uh, ten miles from where I am right now. Uh, yeah, Nor Norridge is Norridge is like northwest. It's close to the airport. It's close to O'Hare. Uh, so okay. and, and it tends to be nicer out there just because there's like hotels and stuff out there. It's it's a little bit more. It's not really touristy, but it's a lot more residential. Uh, but it, it, it's it's pretty far removed from like the bad stuff. Uh, so Norridge is a nice area, but we ended up how going there. Well, I ended up, how far was that? A, how when you were a kid and you were going to how? What was that commute? Uh, the commute was maybe like forty-five minutes. Yeah. So like, if, if school started at at nine a.m., 
we had to be on the bus by like 8, 10, 8, 15, that sort of thing. So we, we had to get up pretty early. Like we were, we were, we were getting up around like 7.30 in the morning um, when we were young. But to, I mean, to us, it was normal though. It was like, oh, okay, we just, we just got to go catch the bus, you know. But like none of, none of the other guys that we grew up with uh, actually ever went out there like us. And like, I mean, to this day, I mean, I, I still keep in contact with some of those guys. Uh, some of them are doing okay. Some of them are doing not okay. Uh, like some of them are, 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 are locked up right now in jail. Uh, some of them have actually done well for themselves. Like some of them have actually gone to college themselves. Uh, but we all we all kind of had like very different upbringings, I would say. Uh, for just specifically from that one reason, like we went to different schools. You know, even though we lived in the, like on the same street, uh, we went to different schools. So like that really affected like a lot of our early life experience. Um, but yeah, and then so that's the first half of it. So like that, just going to a good school in general just helped us just kind of like stay on the path. Yeah. Exactly. Because like you're interacting with just like uh, really good like minded people. People are like really into the books and stuff like that. And, and even stuff like sports, you know, what I'm saying like like we weren't really worried about getting caught up in the wrong type of thing. We, we, we were just being kids. You know what I'm saying? Like we were we were we were just like doing kid stuff. Like we weren't we weren't concerned about like like uh, any kind of bad stuff. And were then uh, like to a lot our of racism, mom. What's so, it again? Were you exposed to racism, though, growing up in any way? So, well, so, so I guess, I guess that's the, I would say that's probably the most prominent kind of like uh, racism. I would say that I kind of identified as a, as, as a, as a young kid was uh, just the fact that like, uh, like our schools where we live were just like worse and stuff like that. And, and not even just the schools, but I feel like everything in general, uh, well, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard like institutionalized racism and yeah. stuff like that before. Uh, but that, I would say that would be the, uh, that'd be the most dominant type of racism that I've witnessed, at least here in Chicago. Uh, at least growing up, but uh, it wasn't, I, I'd say up here, at least for me, my experience, it hasn't been like as blatant and like egregious and kind of just like in your face, that sort of thing. It was more just kind of witnessing just like, oh, just because we get bused to like a suburb school or like a, a school that's closer to the suburbs, like our, like we just have like so much more exposure to just much better stuff in general. Whereas like people who, uh, people who don't get a chance to do that, uh, they're, they're just not going to have the opportunities we have. And then like that, I mean, that like that little choice of just like busting your kids to a different school lets us get into good high schools, lets us get into good colleges. And now like, I mean, like we're, we're like professionals now, now, now we're like in our in our 20s and 30s, that sort of thing, you know, whereas like some of our friends are like locked up in jail. You know, they didn't get as good an education. You know what I'm saying? So the ones who even got a chance to finish high school and stuff like that, uh, they just kind of got caught up in some some of the other things that kind of uh, kind of drag you down. Right crazy so who are some of your uh i mean black history month right who's who are some of your big influences and people who have sort of led your way man I, well i always keep a picture i'll keep this here got? let's see what we got there i don't know if y'all can see that kind of wooden I'll stand up with it. yeah, yeah. I, see, I see x there, there you go oh my yeah, i'd say obama I'd now say, nice it's a picture that I got carved. It's a woodcut. Uh, woodcut, nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a woodcut. It's carved. But um, yeah, man, I, I'd say my favorite uh, my favorite activist from that time has always been Malcolm X. I know I know there's been a lot of controversy with Malcolm X uh, about like oh he's too aggressive and stuff like that. But uh, but in my opinion, man, I, like I I've watched a ton of uh Malcolm X's just like speeches and stuff like that, and uh, read his book. But uh, if I could choose any kind of orator or just kind of like uh, uh, just kind of individual from that time period, uh, Malcolm X, I think Malcolm X embodies just kind of like my mentality a lot. Like I, like I, I guess like his, to, to me, 
everything he does just really speaks to me and just kind of makes sense. Like, I, I feel like he, he dealt with a lot of things the same way that I would, I, I would think that I'd like to, or like, even, even if I were afraid to deal with things that way, I think he dealt with them in a way that was like very, uh, just kind of like fearless and just very just proactive. And uh, yeah, I, I really like Malcolm X a lot. He's, he's, brilliant. he's definitely he's one brilliant. of my favorites. Yeah, I, man, he's a very brilliant guy. Very, I, really I, brilliant. I loved even the name you assume Malcolm X because it sort of solved for X, the variable X, like in algebra. He was, you know, knowing. He's like unknown. He's his like he was name unknown. was a slave name. Yeah. His, his first name was Malcolm Little, was it? Ah, uh -huh, Malcolm Little, yeah. And, and he's like, well, fuck that. That is my ownership name. That was the name of the slave master who owned my family. So fuck exactly. that. X, unknown, Malcolm X. And I always thought that was really powerful. And the whole notion that he would say, you know, we, the black people, aren't Americans. We're victims of America. Man, I used to love when they would, uh, I feel like we don't really see it on TV as much anymore, like nowadays, but like I, I, would, I, would, I would like when they would, uh, they would bring somebody like Malcolm X on TV and he, he'd just sit down and debate like, like, like imagine Malcolm X debating like Bill O'Reilly or something like that. Like some, like some, or, or, or just like, like maybe not Bill Carlson, Bill, Tucker Carlson, like, eat him up. He, he, yes, yes, yes. I'd love but to like see, the, I'd love to see Tucker Carlson give him that stupid face. <laughs> Whenever he gets going, he gets this, he gets this deer in the headlights look on his face like he's a puppy dog, you know, who can't figure out what exactly is going on. And it's, I would just love to see somebody like Malcolm X, him pull that crap on. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Man, I used to, I used to like the civil discussions. Like, you can, you can still go on, uh, you still go on YouTube and just like watch a lot of the stuff. But yeah, that stuff, that stuff was great, man. It was like, this is great stuff. Well, and I love watching those interviews with um, Malcolm X because he's so eloquent. He, he, but he's so he is. He he maintains this deep. so calm. He's so he's so, he's so like uh, poised. He's very yeah. he's very just like uh, he, he makes his point, but he's, he he never kind of loses his uh he never kind of gets uh put off top. Unwavering, kind of loses control. Yeah, yeah, unwavering. It's amazing, and I think I think too what's so powerful about him and what can speak to so many people though is how he um his the arc of his life. Yes, exactly. He, he had such a transition. He had a very yeah, big transition. He was a criminal in the beginning. And then even, uh -huh. even knowing, even his, you know, his trip to Mecca and how he that... He was very young when he died. Yeah, he, he was, was, what was he, 30, what was he, 38? No. I believe so, yeah. Like, him, him and Dr. King were, uh, when they're in the late 30s, you know, yeah. him and Dr. King were in the late 30s. And it's interesting, young guys. That, you know, this notion that, you know, of course, Dr. King has his own holiday. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people say, well, this is because he championed primarily nonviolence, more of the Gandhi yes. model, civil uh, uh, disobedience, uh, nonviolence, um, yes. noncompliance. Whereas Malcolm X, though he always remained uh, composed and had spoke with that eloquence and was brilliant, he's considered by white people violent, this violent, like, oh, Black Panther, he's just violent. I think, Where's Malcolm X yeah, there? Yeah, I, I think, I think he was. But it's because yeah, I don't, I don't, he, I don't know. he would always talk about, well, if this violence, the horrible violence that has been imposed on our people for centuries, you know, we just take it and take it and take it. Why, why shouldn't we're, we? We're not going to get anywhere. Violence. And people are like, that's insane. You're a terrorist. And where's his federal yeah. holiday? Very interesting. Yeah, exactly. I feel, I feel like, uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love Dr. King also. And I love, I love Dr. King's message oh, yeah. also. Uh, but, but I feel like uh, from like a mainstream standpoint, I feel like he, he was a lot more digestible 
Uh, and again, a lot of a lot of that's just like the toned down violence and stuff like that, like the turn the other cheek, you know. Uh, man, what's crazy to me is that like ultimately they both had the same fate, you know. They were they were both assassinated for for, for what they were doing. They both had the same exact fate. Um, and man, it, 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 man, I bet the '60s were crazy. I bet the 1960s, like being alive in that time, must have been like insane. Oh man, I well, I was watching um, recently watching a documentary on Netflix about um, RFK. And but when they started, I mean, when him and JFK started, they were kind of um, they thought Dr. King was too much. They thought he was too volatile. And but I mean, Bobby, you know, through listening to Malcolm X and through listening to Dr. King, he really changed his tone, especially after his brother was assassinated. And they had influences on Bobby Kennedy. I mean, so they were. they were just powerful, powerful men that influenced their people. Oh, yeah. And I mean, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, that speaks when you influence your peers like that, I think that speaks volumes. And then Bobby was killed of course as well. Yeah. Anyone who got close to that sort of righteous social justice equality, they got gunned down in that era. Yeah, man. It was Black or white. Um, yeah. I, I read the most powerful uh, tweet, I believe it was, uh, from the recent Martin Luther King Day last month, from his daughter. Tell me me if you saw this, and I'm not quoting it verbatim, but it was very interesting, very poignant, and not what you would expect. Basically, she's saying, stop acting like everybody loved my father. My father was assassinated. At the time of his death, he was one of the most hated men in America, like top five, by polls, most hated men in America. And so... My father's memory basically isn't, isn't meant to just be quoted by white people once a year. Like white people sling around these Martin Luther King quotes to, uh, uh, to sort of assuage their white guilt. And that whole, there's a whole notion you can look into white guilt and white fragility. The idea that, holy shit, we are the oppressors. We are privileged. We're born with privilege automatically. And that white fragility sort of uses Dr. King as a symbol and throws his quotes around. But his own daughter was like, fuck off with all that shit. He was hated. He was assassinated. And yeah, once a year. I feel like after the fact, too, like after someone after someone's death, they almost get like memorialized in a way, especially especially him. But I assume that like uh, like if we were alive back in that time, I, 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 I can see no uh, like I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't question it at all. He probably was like such a just polarizing figure. Oh. Uh, and, and, and I mean, and, I mean, he got assassinated because of that reason, you know. Um, but yeah, that's man, that's that's intense. I, I I haven't actually seen that particular quote. It's quote. a tweet. Uh, it's the recent tweet, yeah. and maybe Farrell can find it. But okay. my mom is similar to you from big Midwestern city. My mom's from Detroit, and okay. she'll be seventy in May. And she's told me stories of when she, when King got assassinated. She was in high school in Detroit on eight mile road, Cast Tech high. And she said the riots were so intense. This is Detroit. The riots yeah. were so intense that they shut down school for like months, months. And then by the time, in, in the wake of King's assassination, the city imploded on itself. Yeah. And by the time she actually returned to high school, months later, there were blackened buildings. Part of the high school had been like burnt. There were like bullet marks in the walls. It looked like a war zone. The, the response to that was, was unparalleled. Can you imagine? I mean, 
the equivalent, I think, to that in our time most recently is this election, right? Will Trump win? Will he, yeah, exactly. elected? Will he lose? He lost the, the attack on the Capitol. Like, holy shit, that's sort of what we have in our generation. To, yeah, and, man, and, that was crazy. BLM, Black Lives Matter riots and like, holy shit. We had riots here in Salt Lake. What a cute little, what cute little riots. You're from Chicago. Holy shit. Yeah. I remember you showed me, I remember you showed me the area. You showed me the area where they had it. You're like, that's adorable. That's so cute. <laughs> just, that guy, did you see that moron get out of his car with the bow and arrow? <laughs> the guy with a crossbow. What was this? For this the Capitol was Salt Lake. This guy gets out of his oh, car. Man. Was it a crossbow? Or it was no, a it fucking was a, white It was boy. a bow and arrow. He gets out with like a crossbow. With like a, a compound bow, Like I a think. hunting crossbow. Yeah. There to, air quotes, assist the police. Protect his and car. And he said, he said, oh, man. all lives matter. All lives matter. And the crowd fucked him up. They grab him. The police had to save this redneck with a bow from the crowd. And they turned his, can, his car into a blackened tin can. They burned it and crushed <laughs> it, dude. And this fucker with the crossbow became like national news. All lives matter. Fuck off. Dude, they, 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 they would have eaten him alive. They would have eaten him alive had the cops not interfered unbelievable it was it was it was fucking crazy you know this is funny you know we talk about white fragility and you know white privilege and that kind of that white white guilt that sensitivity the, the guilt is so overwhelming about what we've done to uh, the, the 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 black community and the native american community our history is steeped in genocide and slavery sure we can't often face it we can't face it and so there's that sensitivity sort of like and we, we say it doesn't exist and that's called like white fragility. It's, it's like, no, 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 racism's fixed. We had a black president. We, you know, you got the vote in the 60s. Racism's been fixed. It's not fixed. It's, it's a deep institutionalized thing. And Trump and Pence won't even fucking acknowledge it. But I saw the funniest SNL skit the other day from the early 90s. Uh -huh. And it was so fucking funny. I'm going to send this to you. It, it, it rings as true then as it does now about white fragility. It's... Jeff Daniels was the celebrity like guest and Tim Meadows, Tim Meadows is like the black star of the skit and Adam Sandler's in it. And it's called the Martin Luther King day coworkers. You look it up on YouTube, like Martin Luther King day SNL skit. So I'm Tim Meadows comes into the office and Jeff, Dan so Jeff, Jeff Daniels and like another white dude are in the office. They're like, Hey, we have Monday off. It's Martin Luther King day. What are you going to do? Oh, I figured just, you know, kick back, play video games, well, you know, barbecue, fucking whatever. Okay, cool, come over and chill. And then Tim Meadows, the black coworker comes in. Hey guys, happy Martin Luther King Day. What are you guys gonna do? And they totally changed their tone. They're like, oh, we're gonna go um, see the readings of Dr. King. Um, and, and I was gonna just go to library and study the speeches of Dr. King all day. Oh yeah, me too. And Adam Sandler comes in and like suddenly it all goes from, oh, we're just going to fucking do whatever to, oh, we're like, we're like truly going to go, you know, we're really going to invest in researching the life of Dr. King. And, and like this all bullshit, it's funny, but it's, it ring. Are you watching right now? I got it pulled up right now. It, it, it rings. <laughs> oh, this is from the nineties, man. It rings true. It rings true because it's sort of like, you know, I think white people want to say that, you know, want to be able to say that, oh, yeah, I'm going to like, you know, read King's autobiography and when sitting on that day. But really, I think it's, it's a neglected day. It's sort of like, oh, we can just, uh, you know, a day off. Yeah. Work. Oh, yeah. Martin Luther King. He was great. Cool. I, it, 
Yeah, I, f- I feel like in modern times, it, it does just turn into almost like that three-day weekend sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, and not, not for everyone, but I feel like like as time goes on, especially as the generations kind of get, as we start to kind of move into our generations and future generations and stuff like that, uh, I feel like now, uh, now you're talking with a lot of folks uh, like our generation, for example, who never actually even got a chance to even like meet them or even kind of, I, I feel like it's cool for our parents too, because they were actually like there around. Yeah all this stuff was happening. Uh, so I feel like for them, it's a little, and our grandparents too, our grandparents would be like the, the biggest, because like that, I feel like they, they, they kind of watched it from start to finish. You know, they, they, they watched the early start of it all the way to-, to up The to civil the rights movement from the bus, yeah, Montgomery bus boycott to King's assassination so all the way to- in that in that vein, um, I saw, you know, on that picture that you had, Obama's on there. Uh, oh yeah. Is um, what, so Obama, another hero? Uh, Matt, so Obama, I put on there. So I ended up when, when I ended up getting this particular photo, uh, it, it was an actual photo that I had that uh, well, that I found online, and uh, I ended up uh, finding an artist. Me and him traded actually, so I, I had some like some photos that I ended up giving to him. And uh, instead of just kind of exchanging money, we ended up exchanging uh, just actual crafts. So he he he, he was a carver. Uh, he so he did a lot of carving on wood. And uh, he ended up just carving this for me, but he kind of put Obama on there because uh, honestly, I, I would say Obama, at, at least to, at least up until today's date, uh, Obama is less. Um, well, Obama's still living. O- Obama's almost up there. I guess you could say it's almost like a. Uh, I don't want to say placeholder, but uh, he hasn't. I feel like Obama's story's not finished yet. Uh, yeah. But like his, his stories, uh, he, he's more up there. I, I guess he he, he almost in a, in, a, in a way is like a symbol. Uh, for well, well, he ran on the the whole message he ran on was like change. Uh, but Obama, I feel like kind of kind of serves as a symbol. Is like a, a kind of like uh, it's not like the end of of, of like uh, racism and stuff in this country, but it, but it definitely serves as a it's almost like a uh, uh, as a uh, what do you call it uh, like a checkpoint in a kind of way. It, it, like it, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's like a point. It's a fork in the road where I feel like it. Uh, it actually it, it's a symbolic point. Road, I like uh, that, that. That does resonate with people, you know, uh, and, and and that's why I wanted to uh, put Obama on there. And I've also met Obama too. You've uh, met Obama. Oh, did you really? Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah I actually met I met Obama when I was in high school. Because uh, he's so, from so Chicago. Obama was a. Uh, he, he, he well, he's from Chicago. He lived in Chicago. And he's also a senator. He he was a senator from uh, from Illinois. Uh, so he's an Illinois senator. That's that's actually why I met him. Uh, because uh, when I was in high school, so I was in high school from '03 to '07. Uh, I was actually in the marching band. And uh, when Obama <laughs> was becoming the, the, the senator of Illinois, uh, back when he was campaigning in, uh, for, for Illinois, uh, we actually played at one of his events and uh, our marching band played when, uh, when he actually entered and then he gave like a really nice speech. Uh, it was him and then a few other people gave some speeches. And then uh, right when he was leaving, right when he was on his way out the door, was, they actually told all of us in the band, they said like, uh, don't approach any of the people, like don't talk to any of the people. And uh, as soon as Obama's leaving, like, well, he's really tall. He's like six foot two. And you know, he's really like lanky. He takes really big steps. So like when he's walking, it like it looks like he's walking at normal speed, but you almost have to like jog a little bit, to, like catch up with him. So he's uh, so he's just walking away to uh, to his limo. And uh, I just, just so he like literally just like walked right past me. So like, I was like, hey, uh, hey, hey, can I get can I get a picture? And then uh, he, he just turned around. He's like, yeah, sure. Let's get a picture. 
Like he comes up, he comes up to me and he's he was like shakes my I had my sax the saxophone player. Ah. Like he like shakes my hand and then like put the arm around the shoulder and then Do you I, have that photo? Him. Man, that photo's at my mom's house actually. No, that photo's that photo was a big house, deal yeah. nationally. That was before he became president. This was back in two thousand and five. Yeah, that was before he became president. We yeah. didn't like we didn't know he was gonna become president. He he hadn't even like decided to run for president back then. He, he, he so was becoming cool. our senator. But yeah, it was uh yeah, that's how I met Obama. And uh it was pretty cool. It was a cool night. That's funny. That reminds me of a story. A buddy of mine is a Marine, and he was actually a Marine at Camp David. He would be on guard duty at Camp David. Oh, sick. All tactical gear. And so he's just on the perimeter outside board he's smoking a cigarette and suddenly he hears you got an extra one marine and he looks over <laughs> and obama's coming towards him and obama smokes and he's like uh yeah mr president and he like gets out his pack and hands him a cigarette and they end up having to smoke together let's <laughs> see and this evolved into because he, he's very he said he was very friendly to his staff and his security he's very friendly obama is a baller sure he loves basketball and he's highly competitive. Oh, yeah. And it just so happened that my buddy had played for the Marines, had played basketball for the Marines. Oh, oh sick, and man. And it got out that he played. Obama heard that he played. And so he would have these weekly games, full court, none of this half court pussy shit. Uh huh. Full court where he'd get all his friends and they wanted like a competitive game, like five on five, like competitive game. He's playing five on five with the president. Yes. And so his, his superior came up to him and was like, so the president wants you to play basketball with him. But before you do, you're good, right? He's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I played for the, you know, I played for the Marines. He's like, He's like yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Like, he like wants you to be good, like good players only. And so he would fucking play with Obama and crew like once a week. And he said, Obama was like competitive. Like if he was losing, he'd be like, let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's get this going here. Like, and, and like, <laughs> really, like, let's play. No fucking around. Like, he won the play. Like, he's a bum. So there's a little trivia for you about Obama. Do you guys know who Arnie Duncan is? Do you guys know who Arnie Duncan is? Arnie Duncan? Is that a player? Yeah, Arnie, is that? Man, Arnie Duncan is a, uh, he, 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 he's like a, uh, he, he was part of the Board of Education in Chicago. He's oh. like a Chicago guy. But, uh, but uh, he used to play with uh, Obama a lot. And uh, Arnie Duncan's like a really tall guy. He's a really, really good basketball player. But uh, he's, he's an older guy now. He's, he's maybe like in his, uh, he's probably in his 50s or maybe even 60s at this point. He ever played uh, pro or he just loved I, I don't believe he played pro. I think he played uh, at like a, in the NCAA, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he, he, like he went pretty high level, but he never played pro. But uh, Arnie Duncan's one of the guys that used to play with Obama a lot. You know, Obama, man, they used to play a lot of basketball. It really humanized, hearing these stories really humanizes him. And to think oh, of him yeah, as just man. a little senator in 2005 that met a marching band sax player. Yeah. I love that. He was – ended up but, becoming uh, the president. Yeah, Arnie Duncan, he's 56. He was the United 56. States Secretary of Education for Obama from 09 to 016. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he got put in that position. He got put in that position after, uh, after uh, Obama got elected. Yeah, he got put right. in that position. So Rahm Emanuel's well, another guy. Did you Wait, say it again? You know Arnie? Uh, I never met Arnie Duncan. I've never met. Arnie yeah, I've never Duncan. met Arnie Duncan. Okay, okay. I just know he used to play basketball with uh with Obama. That's that's just so <laughs> to, yeah to to hear that that like oh he just wants to smoke now and then he wants to shoot hoops. You know it's funny. 
uh, my buddy, the Marine buddy, yeah, he would, he would work out at Camp David, like in the gym. And, and like one of, the, one of Obama's daughters had like a crush on him and would be giggling and like spying on him in the gym. Like he had these really funny stories. And he said he would go to Washington. Sometimes he was on the detail in Washington and he would be in like a, a few rows back during Obama's speeches. And after the speeches, Obama, what you don't see on camera is Obama's going, shaking hands, kissing babies, waving to people. And he would always point to the back row of the soldiers. He'd point right at my buddy. He'd be like, see you at Camp David, Marine. <laughs> he would acknowledge the, the church. He was, he was very gracious in acknowledging that way. So like those inside stories, I love that. I miss that guy, man. Yeah, pretty sick though, yeah. You got to figure, you got to figure with the security guys sometimes, and this is my imagination, right? But I feel like it's borderline truth is that you get somebody uh -huh. like Obama and that's the guy they're like, I will take a bullet for him. Mm -hmm. And then they get oh, somebody yeah. else, they get somebody else like uh, uh -huh. the guy that just left and they're all, I have to take a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I really <laughs> rather not. I feel like if I have to. That's kind of my job. God, I kind of jog, a bullet they'll, they'll jog a little bit. Those guys, those kind of slow their pace up a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I tripped on my shoelace. I forgot to say, uh, I was, I would have been. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. President. I would have taken it front and center in the chest if it were up to me. But you it's know, really going to haunt me for the rest of my days. The shoelace. The shoelace. <laughs> So you've met, you've met Obama, you've met some cool people, but you've also traveled a lot of amazing places. Where yeah. have you been? You, you, you've, you, photography Matt, is taking you to some cool places. Yes. So up until last year, uh, which, I mean, we had COVID, obviously. Uh, last year, I was going to try to travel abroad quite a bit, but I ended up canceling a lot of my trips. Uh, but I've been, to, I've been to much of the United States. I haven't, I haven't been to the entire United States, but I've been to a lot of the United States. Uh, but I, I had almost made it a point back in about 2018, 2017, start traveling to uh, basically a, a, a different city every two months or so. So every like six to eight weeks, I just go to a different city. And uh, man, I was just all over the place, man. Uh, have you, have you well, been able to hit most of the 50? All the states, man, states, I can't count how many states I've been to. I'd say I've probably been to maybe like 25. I've been to 20 wow, states. Pretty That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Maybe though. 20 states, yeah. I haven't been in Utah was the most recent uh, that I've been to. Oh, that, that, that yeah. Was a totally different experience. Uh, <laughs> let's dive, much, let's dive in. Let's dive into that. So this much, much different than, uh, what, than what I'm used to out here. Like, I mean, like landscape wise, totally different. Uh, I, I got to experience a little bit of the culture out there. I definitely got to experience, experience a lot of the, uh, the, the just kind of outdoor culture with, uh, with Jason and then, and then, uh, and then Jordan also. Uh, with the camping, uh, which which was great, it was fantastic. It was uh, they're, they're like that's definitely uh, the first thing I remember. So as soon as I think of uh, as soon as I think of Utah, it's almost like that first night just kind of camping out in the middle of the desert, uh, just like pitch black darkness. Learn how to make a fire. <laughs> learn, learn how to kindle the fire with like the big chunks. Hey, hey, uh, you know one thing is that if you if 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 you want a fire for heat, you got to spread it out nice and wide and keep it low. If you want a fire for light. It's got to be nice and tall. You got to have a nice, long, tall Look fire. Look you. have been hanging out. You need yourself, Look you need a nice you. kukri knife. You need yourself a nice kukri Look knife. You remember, Mike. You know, you know Jason's motto, right? What's the motto? If you have a knife, it's not a survival situation. <laughs> not a survival situation. Not at all, man. That's right. Always take water. Always take water. Always take that's, water. That's great. So we drove him all the way out. We camped in a wash of a canyon. Yeah, we near, Goblin, near Goblin Valley. It was cold. 
very cold night, oh, yeah. dark. And I remember he, he kept asking, he's like, so we're just gonna camp out here? And I said, yeah, <laughs> like right here, right, right on this, right, right here in the wash. He's like, what's a wash? I'm like, this, this is a wash. He's like, okay. So I'm like, I'm gonna teach you how to make a fire. You ever made a fire? He's like, no. And so that's right, log cabin for heat, teepee for light. Got to get some good stones. You got to make a nice little circle, get yourself some good stones to contain your fire. Good. Yeah, man, you start to start with the small pieces at the bottom, start to get progressively larger pieces at the top. Yes! Yeah, man. <laughs> Jason, Jason's very excited. Oh, I'm, 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 that was day one. That was day one. That was day one. That's night one. <laughs> so how did he get there? This is great. This guy calls me in the midst of this pandemic. It's, it's, it's you know, maybe not at his peak, but he called me early on saying, you this know. Is, this is maybe like in August, September, I think. It's like late August, maybe early September. Like, you know, I want to come out to Utah. You should show me. I, I remember you made me laugh. You're like, I heard y'all got some good land out there or some, some <laughs> land. It's only land. It's only land. I hear, I hear y'all got dirt out there. Yeah. There's soil. All, all kinds of dirt, too. <laughs> all different colors, all different grades. There's rock. Y'all got canyons out there. Oh, man. And it started developing more and getting more and more serious. Then Rona happened. But even despite that, after months of Rona, it was, when did you come? When was this? Was Man, I can't. I was actually right October. around your birthday. That was your, your birthday weekend. You came over my birthday weekend. So, uh, by, you, so, so from the 23rd to the 26th, actually left on your birthday. Your, your birthday was that Monday. That's right. Your birthday was that Monday. I came, on, uh, I came on the Friday. You were my birthday present. This is amazing. So a month before my birthday, so you know, late September, he said, he calls me and he buys a ticket on the phone. I entice him. I say, my birthday is this weekend. We could, you know, I'll take you climbing and canyoneering and hiking and, you know, the whole nine yards. He books his flight on the phone. A month later, he's here. He's in Utah. Damn the torpedoes. Damn the pandemic. He comes. And it wasn't quite at its height that it is now. In fact, it was before a lot of things got more stringent. Just before. You barely. You barely oh, yeah. It didn't, it didn't spike. It was, it was at a low point. I feel like after the summer hit, like, uh, numbers started to go down a little bit. Uh, well, at least at least here in Illinois, I, I'm not sure what the uh, Utah numbers look like, but it definitely wasn't as strict. That's for sure. That's right. So you came here and walk us through what happened. I want to hear from your perspective. Again, I know I know what I did to you, but from your side of things, we what know happened? we know the Pecos Bill tall tale <laughs> story. <laughs> and I lasso the tornado, but good. <laughs> yeah, man. Well. Man, honestly, that was the first time I've ever, uh, well, it's not the first time I've actually traveled alone. Uh, but that was the first time I've kind of like just traveled on a whim. Like I didn't necessarily, well, I, I didn't even know where I was going to stay or anything like that. I, I just assumed that, okay, once I get down there, like I, I, I guess like we're just going to, we're just going to go for it. Just going to, I packed a nice light bag. Uh, it's really funny. I, I brought two pairs of shoes just like randomly and they just came, that, that second pair of shoes actually came in, came in handy <laughs> later uh, once we, once we actually got out there because uh, uh, we needed an extra pair of shoes. I but, uh, forgot yeah. my goddamn shoes at home. I've never done he had that. really nice life. ones, too. He had the really, really, really nice ones. Man. And he, he had a second pair of shoes. We just happened to be a similar size. And so we do it all. I, I, he, he shooed me, and I did the rest. So, <laughs> so what happened? You shot on your pony. Yeah, so, so walk us through your Utah experience, which was surreal to you. I remember you kept saying, is this man made or is this just out here? Yeah, dude, man. Utah is like, uh, I, I mean, I've seen pictures and stuff online, but I mean, so, I mean, so we, so we started in Salt Lake City, 
Uh, we ended up just kind of driving around the city, got some food. So it showed me some of the Mormon churches and things like that, uh, which I thought was really interesting. I, I mean, I'd never seen any Mormon stuff before. Uh, kind of told me the history of like the Mormon church and things like that. Uh, but we ended up driving south, if I'm not mistaken. It was like southeast. Uh, we, were, we were headed towards Moab. And um, uh, basically before we hit Moab, we, we had camped in the desert that first night. Uh, I don't even necessarily know what the name of the place. We, we were close to like Temple Rock, if I'm not mistaken, it was called. Yeah, and Temple Mountain, Goblin Valley. It was right near Temple Goblin Mountain. Mountain. And Temple Mountain. Oh, man, Real Goblin quick. Valley was insane. Real quick, Michael, was what, insane. what vehicle were you guys in? Man, we were in that big four by four. That big four okay. by four. You gotta take the rapper? Okay. okay. Yeah, man. We took it out there. I was gonna say, did he have you in his bench seat? <laughs> were you riding in the oh, no, sandwich? No, no, no. I bust out. Dude, we were I, in a huge truck, man. I okay. bust out that's, the stops for my Chicago brother, man. That's how that's how, that's how we snuck into uh that's how we snuck into a delicate arch. We took the back doorway. Uh, but only like a big four by four could actually fit through there. So that thing's a serious vehicle. If you can, if you can, if you have the vehicle, you can avoid the thirty dollar entrance fee into Arches by taking the back. Yeah, For our listeners, that's the F one fifty Raptor that belongs to Jason. <laughs> yeah, so. man, dude, that that thing's ah, a yeah, beast, man. Oh, it was good, absolute okay. beast. All right, then what happened? So we made the fire. Uh, oh, you learned how to pitch a tent. Remember that. Yeah, man. Learned how to pitch a tent for the first time. Uh, and stepped on a bunch of cactuses. Not gonna uh, <laughs> not gonna walk around the desert barefoot anymore. Not gonna walk around the desert barefoot anymore. But yeah, but uh, that next day, man, we ended up seeing some of these. Uh, I forget what you call them. They were like the, the petroglyphs. Yeah, we ended up seeing a lot of these petroglyphs and things like that. Uh, it, man, it ended up raining in the desert just like randomly. Like the, the 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 one weekend I was there, it rained at Arches. So so when we went to go see the Delicate Arch. Uh, it actually had rain on it. It was actually like slippery and stuff like that. I actually slipped a couple times. There's little waterfalls yeah. everywhere. It was beautiful. Yeah, there's waterfalls coming out of there. We ended up going to that. Uh, we ended up going to that one. Uh, that, that that one restaurant. Uh, before we actually came back. Uh, I forget the name. Of it. it was like green. What's it called? It green was, uh, is uh, Fiesta Mexicana. I took him to some Mexican food. Fiesta Mexicana. What was the one? It was Green River. I think it was. Oh, called. What we was went. The other one? I I really did some iconic stuff with him. I took him to Ray's Tavern in Green River, which is this classic yeah. sort of dive burger joint in Green River, which is a great place for climbers or canyoneers. And speaking of canyons, we did a canyon. The, 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 the man, we did Ding and Dang Canyon. canyon. Ding and Dang canyon. Canyon. canyon, man. Tell yeah. us about that. Man, so Ding and Dang, actually, it's funny. I still got the scar on my knuckle. Like, oh, no. finally, finally, finally healing at this point. No, I, I, I scraped, I remember I scraped some meat off my hand when, uh, well, we, we did the hard side yes. first. So like they let you decide if you want to do the hard or easy. Did the hard side, but yeah, it was my, it was my first time ever hitting the canyon like that. And, um, yeah, man, it was, it, it was fun. There was definitely some big jumps on there. It was like some big jumps, big to five. Yes, you, you, you really do get, like, you got to commit to a lot of that stuff. And, um, yeah, man, it was, what was it, like a four-hour hike, I think it was? About yeah, three and a half, four hours it was You were us. doing pull-ups on a Waco and... Yeah, we did the Wacos, man. We saw the... Uh, dude, that was sick. That was, uh, like, that landscape was... Uh, it almost was like it almost like prehistoric is what I call it. It's, like, it's almost like, it's like oh, some dinosaur-type stuff. Yeah. Like, it, like we, we get none of that. We get none of that out here. Like, we, we, get, we get none of that desert. We, we get none of that. Like, that was, like, the, totally interesting looking. Uh, I feel like Utah, like, looks like almost like another planet. Did like, the, it doesn't, uh, even, like, it don't, doesn't even look like Earth anymore. It looks like like I don't even know where what it even looks like anymore. Did the uh, elevation affect you at all? 
Uh, my ears popped when I was out there, but like they pretty much stayed popped the entire time. So, uh. <laughs> so that, I, I didn't feel them like unpopped until I got back home. But uh, so yeah, the funny. elevation was intense. It's so funny. I'll take people uh, from the West back East to New York or um, even Atlanta and yeah. um, New York, especially people from out here, they get claustrophobic going oh, really? Going into New York City because the bill they can't see the horizon. Oh, you know, and out I here see. you can just see, see so far. I see. Yeah, that's so like that's one of the things that kind of got me too. It's just like just looking off into the distance so much, man. It's like like I'm not used to seeing stuff that's like four or five, six miles away from me. You know, like I'm like I'm thirty or forty. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, like, like I'm just not. Or like, you can see like the sunlight. You can see how the sunlight like breaks up the atmosphere and stuff like that. It's just like it's just it, it, it's just it's just weird to see. And um, <laughs> nature. Dude, those, those cliffs. Those cli like, even like arches and stuff like those. Those those cliffs were amazing, man. Like all, all those photos were were incredible. Uh, still, uh, Goblin Valley was just like unbelievable. You took him to Goblin Valley. Yeah, I saw some it, of those things. That is, I mean, those are the most unique formations in our state. Dude, when I show pictures, when I show uh, people pictures of those, they're like, oh, that's it? And then, then I show them, like, the little picture of me in the picture. They're like, oh, I can't believe it's, like, that big. Dude. Like, the scale. You can't really tell the scale. From yeah. The yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, it, 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 it was definitely uh, – the landscape was just, like, unbelievable, man. And, and I feel like I only saw a little bit. I don't even feel like I even saw, yeah. like, everything. How was how – was, how did your skin do in the, uh, the dryness? A lot of people Man, so I, I, I did get dried out pretty good. I got, yeah. I got dried out real nice out there. <laughs> get real dried out out there. I, I was kind of happy to get a little bit of sunlight, though, because, like, uh, yeah, it, well, at least in the daytime, you guys' weather was a little bit better than our weather out here. We, we were, like, in the 40s in October, uh, but y'all had, like, still, like, some 70s and stuff like that, which was yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah, we had a crazy fall. Yeah, it was, it was uh, definitely weird this fall. Saw a rattlesnake out there. Yeah, we saw a rattle, saw a little baby rattlesnake. Yeah, a little you baby saw a lot. Right you saw a lot. And and the, the day we did the canyon, you know, you can either go with the grain or against it. Come on, real men go against the grain. Obviously. Pharaoh, you know. Obviously. So yeah. we climbed oh, yeah. up the canyon. So up some uh, some dry waterfalls, some intense scrambles. And it was a totally novel experience for Big Mike here, but he did splendid. He was stellar. And, you know, he's doing pull-ups on, pull on Wacos. It was awesome. And the picture I'm going to use for this interview when we uh, publish it on <laughs> Instagram is a picture of you and I wedged as one in the slot canyon. I love it. Oh, yeah, that's that. right. That's right, man. That's yeah, the photo right, man. of the trip. I got this guy. We basically counter-pressured off each other, and we're both on opposing walls of the slot canyon. And it's a great shot. Man, this I, I got 60 pounds on me. But uh, we wedged all the same. It was great. I loved it, man. I, I would, I would definitely do another canyon. I would definitely do another canyon for sure. Yeah, that, that was intense, man. It, it, I feel like early on when we did, we did Dang. It was called right. We we did the hard side. We did the hard side first. Yeah, like, yeah, a few yeah. Of those jumps. First was just like walking for like 20, 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is. I, I see. This is gonna be like one of those walking hikes. Then we had to jump over some stuff. Then we had to jump over bigger stuff. Then bigger stuff. And then there was like, then, then we ran into like a crowd of people. There was, there was like like ten people who were all trying to get over like the same rock. Like everything was stuck. And then some people had like some dogs and stuff like that. We were like, all right, we just, we, we just got to go around y'all. So we, we just like jumped over them. And yeah, man, I was, I, I was impatient. Yeah, like, we're what? going. Jason, get an impatient. We're going through them, not around. He's them. like, we 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 get we got to get this moving. Yeah, we got to get this moving. <laughs> well, at least, you know, unlike some other people that he's taken out on adventures, 
you guys didn't get into uh, any kind of uh, no life or death situation. Death. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jason has a tendency to take people into life and death situations. And, you know, That's so if he ever yeah. asks you to go ice climbing or anything like that, just make sure you check the weather. When Before I get when I get bored, <laughs> good day. That's all. Next that's thing, all. next thing you know, you're all huddled up in an ice cave, wiggling your toes so you don't get frostbite. Oh, he's so guys sure. Him, him and Jordan, him and Jordan, told me some stories. They told me some stories about some intense, some intense situations they had. Yeah, <laughs> it's the spice of life. But you did, you did great. And I love, I love you. Got a red badge of courage on your hand. Show me the scar. What do you got? You, you got oh, it's it's pretty. It's like healed now at this point. It's just like a little nick at this point. You no, me, I basically basically. I, it's it better. I, I'm I, jumping up. Uh, what do you call it? <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, it's like a scratch at this point. It's like Ooh, a scratch. Aw. It was a nice, It just reminds me of Utah. Though. It reminds I me of that. Like, uh, I, I love it. I still pinch myself that you came. It was this whirlwind four-day trip. He came Friday. He left Monday. He left on my birthday. Dude, that time, that time went so fast. It was crazy. I can't believe it was like three, four months ago. Now it's like three and a half months ago. We fucking did it. You came. You saw. You that, conquered. That just speaks to how good you got your hand there because it's been three to four months and you still. Have oh yeah, there. exactly. Like it, 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 it's on its way. It's on its way healing. <laughs> Yeah, dude, man, it, 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 I would definitely do a uh, – I'd probably do a more challenging hike, actually. Oh, like, don't uh, worry. Like, uh, I feel like that was a great that was a great starter hike for, like, a first hike. I, I'd, I'd be down to do, like, a much more challenging hike, you know. Your ass Maybe back? Maybe a longer hike. Man, you guys – and, and, and you, I mean, well, I'm sure you know these guys doing all this rock climbing. Like, that rock climbing. Oh, yeah. Dude. I've gone rock climbing with them one, or twice. And it's uh, – it's intense. fun. I mean, That's intense looking stuff, man. He takes me on the beginner slope, but – you know, it's That's still, it's fun. But you're, fun. you're, you're up to it. Cause you're a fit guy because well, like me, you're a personal trainer now. Uh, how long have you been a personal trainer? What has that meant for your life? You're a fit oh, guy. Man. Yeah, I've been, a, I've been a trainer. Well, thank you. I, I've been a trainer for, uh, I've been a trainer for, for seven years now going on eight years. There'll be eight years in July. So, uh, yeah, this is my seventh going into my eighth year of training, but yeah, it's been phenomenal. It's, uh, I was talking about a little bit earlier that, that I had gone to school for web graphic design. So that was, uh, that's what I was doing out of college. Uh, ended up just like not really liking that kind of field, or at least I didn't like the corporate side of that field as much. Yeah. Uh, just kind of was boring. And, and like maybe like a year and a half, two years into, into uh, my, my job at a college, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try something different. I started to, uh, I, I had already like kind of like been in the gym a lot. I was just kind of a gym rat. Uh, just kind of in, in college, there was just something I would do just kind of like in, in, in my free time, just kind of like uh, whether, whether it's kind of like playing sports uh, or, just, or just like working out or running, that sort of thing. Uh, so I ended up I ended up getting certified uh, through through this uh, this uh, this group called NASM. And uh, I ended up applying to this gym in, in my city in Logan Square. And uh, they hired me and I ended up being a trainer there for, for about four and a half years or so. Uh, and then after that happened, I ended up uh, upgrading to, to to a luxury gym. I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Equinox. Yeah. Uh, we have, we, oh yeah. Yeah, man. I, I worked at Equinox for about a year, and then uh, COVID ended up happening uh, last year. So last year, last year was kind of weird. It was uh, when COVID happened. I basically uh, all the trainers at my gym got laid off. Uh, so I, I was unemployed for maybe about three months or so during the shutdown. Uh, and then I ended up just deciding to go private, man. I ended up, uh, ended up renting out my own private studio, which is what I do currently today. I uh, ended up renting out my own private studio. Uh, I currently have 18 clients. Uh, and yeah, man, I do everything from virtual training. So doing it over Zoom, doing it over Google Meet. Uh, I train my clients in studio. 
I have a full schedule, uh, and I also uh, also teach classes. So it, it's really wow. cool. It allows me to still stay like very up to date. I'm always trying to get new certifications, trying to learn new stuff. Uh, always meeting tons of brand new people. You know, helping people uh, stay healthy, stay fit, stay focused. And uh, yeah, man, it's been it's been phenomenal. It's been such a uh, it's been such a great ride for these last seven and a half years. That's a per- and that's how we ultimately met at Jeff Cabernet. Yeah, man, that's how we met. That, that, that's, that's how we crossed paths, man. It's, and, and that and that's something like uh like just think of it like uh well I mean now now we know that we crossed paths but like back when uh like uh let's say like four or five years before we even like met like uh all, all those dominoes were kind of just kind of like falling into yeah. place you know like I I get out of college I'm not liking my job as much ends up leading to to freaking hiking Ding and Dang Canyon. Think about the dominoes that you're setting in place right now that like 10 years from now, you won't even see the effects of like, you won't see the effects of it until for another 10 years, you know, like 15 years, 20 years. I know, some, I'm, I, I know that some uh, prospective employer is going to somehow listen to this, one of these podcasts. <laughs> I'm not going to get hired because of it. Well, Wait, that's the guy I want. They're like, no, that's the guy we don't want. We'll have millions of followers by right, then. Right, right. You know, you know, speaking to domino effects. Like, like, who's Mike Caldwell? Who <laughs> you'll be huge? No, no, though. it's gonna be. You guys got Mike Caldwell. You'll be bigger than uh, Billy Blank. You'll be bigger than the Tybo guy. <laughs> so before that was before he was Mike Caldwell. He was just Mike be, back then. Now he's Mike. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So you know, sounds like you have a philosophy on life that you're that you could possibly impart for us. You know, this domino philosophy. What is uh, your what your What's your, your life motto, your, your life motto, philosophy? If you could boil it down to a sentence or two. A maxim, a motto, a creed. Yeah, what, what, your advice to our listeners. Uh, almost like a mantra. I don't know if I necessarily, I'm trying to think what mantra. Uh, let's see. Someone asked me this like not too long ago, maybe like a week or two ago. They asked me, they, they didn't ask me necessarily what my mantra would be. They actually asked me, they asked me if, uh, if, I, could, if I could see myself 20 years ago. Like if I can go back in time and talk to myself yeah, 20 great. years younger, what, 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 what would I tell myself? Uh, and I believe what I said was like, uh, uh, basically do the hard stuff, man. Like uh, do the stuff that's challenging and that like the, the challenging stuff pays off in the end, you know? Uh, or to do, uh, basically try to grow yourself as much as you can, you know? Like, and and uh, uh, like, like really try to get out of your comfort zone uh, I feel like you can you can only really move yourself forward, or you can only really move your life forward uh, if you're uh, if you kind of uh, just kind of working outside of your comfort zone. You know, I feel like like and one of the worst things that you could have happen is to uh, be in the same place today that you were in like a year ago, or two years ago, or five years ago. Like you all, you always want to be uh, moving forward, or and also growth isn't linear. So like uh, just because you're in one place today and another place. Uh, a year from now or two years from now doesn't mean you went in a straight line. Like sometimes, sometimes growth can be in a full circle. Like you, you, you might find yourself, you, you, you could totally find yourself in the same place uh, 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 five years from now, but like with a whole new perspective, you know, like growth is definitely not always linear. Like uh, just kind of, just kind of, and, and always, uh, always try to uh, accept new experiences too, like uh, for what they're worth, you know, like uh, try to learn as much, try to get as much life experience as you can. Uh, because uh, that's the that's the stuff that uh, that books can't teach you. Like uh, you you have to learn. It's re- I, I, th- I think it's really interesting to talk to uh, to much older folks 
uh, because uh, they, they, they definitely have something that books could never teach you. Like, if you talk to someone who's like, let's say you talk to someone who's like 80 years old and like completely illiterate, the person has like so much wisdom, just like because they, they have so much more uh, life experience than, than we have. And like, uh, like they, they, they just have so much more uh, just kind of like real world knowledge. And uh, that's really, I, I think that's what, at least right now, that's what I think uh, is something that you should, uh, you should seek. Or at least in, in my case, that's something that I want to see. So you're saying don't stay comfortable and see how you stack those dominoes, right? How you position Yeah, them. man. Hey, all the dominoes, the dominoes are already in place. They, the, 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 the moment you're born, they're already falling. Those dominoes are always in place. <laughs> Whoa, the dominoes are already falling. Uh, even, even before you're born, man. I, I feel like everything, everything that ever, they, what do they say? They say the universe is infinite. So everything that ever uh, can happen will happen. Okay. And, and also by that token has already happened, already has happened. So. Okay, are you going Neil deGrasse Tyson on my ass? <laughs> you nah, did I'm not gonna go to at the campfire the first night and you blew my fucking mind. First of all, I'm not a very smart guy. I'm like a brontosaurus. My brain's about the size of a walnut. And you start talking about quantum physics and holy- I had watched a video. You know what you're talking about. You- I had watched a video. You are I watched the video the night before. Sounding on, he was going Stephen Hawking, Neil deGrasse Tyson on my ass. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Um, I, I, can I name all the planets and, as they're ordered from distance from Earth? You know, I'm like fifth grade level here with my, you know, astronomy. Usually, you know, or this is my astrology. <laughs> you know? <laughs> In fact, I usually call astronomy astrology by accident. I'm like, oh shit, wait, is that the Scorpios and Zodiacs? No, no, I mean, astro oh fuck. You, you are into this stuff. This yeah, man, it's been, I, I had actually watched a video not too long before we had talked. I, th I think I had watched a video on my, uh, my flight, actually. And, uh, man, I just, I just you had like read books on it. You blew my mind. I had a lot of that stuff just kind of like floating around through my head. That's why- You I just well, triggered me when you were talking about the universe that. and infinite, infiniteness. I'm like, holy shit, this guy. Well, you're a profound guy. Oh, yeah, man. I think it's really interesting. I, I think it's really, really, really interesting. Because we've been trying to figure out a way, you know, uh, we had our, our one of our, our first guests, Nathaniel. He, uh, he had some advice for um, LGBTQ plus people here in Utah, you know. And, um, but I love what you said, you know, or what somebody asked you, what would you tell yourself, you know, your you know, 20 years yeah, ago, man. That, that self. And I think, I think we're going to steal that. Oh, it's stolen. It's a good, yeah. it's stolen already. Yeah. I was in such a whole different mental space 20 years ago, man, or even like five years ago, 10 years ago, like totally different mental space. Uh, I mean, there's things that I'm doing now that I wish I had done like 10 years ago, you know, I'd be so much further ahead of the game, but like by the same token, I mean, like if you kind of live by that mantra, um, I mean, you, you don't want to live with regrets, you know? Like, and I feel like at the end of the day, there really aren't any regrets, you know, like, I feel like the uh, regrets are just something that you kind of like should have, could have, would have, that's just like a hypothetical sort of thing. You know, you want to, you want to just kind of, uh, just kind of, I, I don't want to, like, I, I don't want to go into the cliche, like live life to the fullest, but it's like, uh, just kind of go with it, man. Like, uh, like kind of let life happen, but like, don't, 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 don't stand in your own way. I guess nice. I should say, don't, don't stand in your own way. I love what you said. It boils down to a beautiful phrase that you said. If you could talk to yourself 20 years ago, you would say to yourself, do the hard things. Exactly. Yeah. Do, like do the that. challenge. Do the challenging thing. Don't, do challenging don't stay comfortable. 
Don't say comfortable. Like that. Yeah. That's yeah. what that's what makes you immortal, man. All of, all the uh, famous people in history have always done the difficult, not the easy. Not remembered for the easy. Yeah, man. Exactly. You know what King exactly. did, what X did. It wasn't fucking easy. You know. They died. Not at all. No, not at all, man. No, yeah. hey, they paid the price for it, you know. They, 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 the ultimate sacrifice. Man, yeah. I'm glad. I'm so glad that you let us talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much. This I've been great. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thanks, 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 thanks for having me. Yeah. I still can't yeah, believe you went out to Utah. You're fucking nuts. Do you still? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little crazy. Just a little That's bit. Pretty cool. One last question. <laughs> you still do graphic design stuff. Uh, I do still do the graphic design. Really? Yeah, man. I, I, I recently helped a couple of uh, musicians make their uh, make their album art. Uh, I'm still uh-huh. still really big into photography. <laughs> so <laughs> you're about to get a pitch from Farrell. Farrell, is there anything you'd like to ask Mike in well, Chicago? Mike in Chicago. <laughs> there might be a couple of podcast yahoos looking for an emblem or a okay. cover for their podcast. Oh, you know, yeah, something to man. spice things up. A little spicy logo. Yeah. Maybe hey. designed by a graphic designer in Chicago. Maybe not. Hey, man. Well, thank hey, you, one Jason Hackney. Hey, you have – well, well, you have my info. You have my contact. Hey, man, uh, link it up, and I'd be happy I'd be happy to work something out with that, man. Ooh. Oh, cool, man. Oh, man. Excellent. See, everything's meant to be. Holy shit. <laughs> the dom- the next See, dominoes, man. <laughs> dominoes. Those positions. It was so funny because I was just texting him the other day. I was like, do you know any graphic designers? Your name never came up. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people. <laughs> When I think of Mike, I think of, I don't know, bench presses and squat. Pioneering. How much you bench? Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's awesome, man. Man, max bench press, I actually don't even know. Man, I, it's funny. I, don't, I usually don't even max bench press anymore. I usually, do, I, I usually just rep it out when I'm on the bench press, that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I've been trying to master my mile since the year started. I've been trying to master my uh, – I've actually run 30 – I've run 33 miles this year. I've, I've basically run a mile. I run a mile every day now. Uh, but uh, but I've been trying to master that mile, man. Trying to work on uh, different elevations. Uh, trying to run it on hills. Trying to get it faster. Trying to trying to do it flat. Trying to do it faster time. Trying to do it in intervals. I really just been uh, been trying to master my mile, man. That's something I've been. Do we need on. to get you back out to Utah? One, so I can meet you. You'll be ready in person. But two, so you yeah. can do a little elevation training. You'll just be run, yeah, man. Just run, just run straight up a mountain. Just run up. You'll, a mountain be, you'll be trained man. for Utah. You're positioning all these dominoes and the expert. Man, what what's the weather out there right now? It's it's been pretty warm. Kind of mild. Yeah. Uh, however, we have had we got some really good snow the last week. We have had two epic powder. It's freezing. Weather. Freezing in Chicago. Really? Yeah. The la- the windy city, man, cuts through you like a knife. But the- oh, it's awful. But the last two weekends have been epic powder days, meaning it's dumped like a foot plus of powder, know- and the snowboarding has been phenomenal. My buddy, well, my brother-in-law went up. Oh, to, Jesus. Uh, went up to um, Park City. He said it was eight degrees up there when he Whoa. went. So, but there Easy. are no higher elevation. Yeah, man. God, I could talk about meteorology all day, but you know, with you, man, you're you're <laughs> you're an interesting guy, photographer, traveler, personal trainer, sensitive guy. You, but you've been to Utah, even. I mean, <laughs> Utah. Your life is complete. <laughs> Your life, but with the Utah thing, that's it. I mean, you said something about Obama, like his story isn't finished yet. But yeah, you know, it's not finished, man. If you it's got hit by finished. a bus tomorrow, it would be a complete life because you have been to Utah, and we had a been great to Utah, time. man. Been to Utah. 
Dude, Some Utah. It, 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 I, got hit by I the, like going bro. to Utah because I feel like Utah was a uh, well, I, well, from all the stuff that I already did there, Utah was awesome. Uh, but but Utah feels like one of those places like you really don't hear people say uh, like when they say, okay, well, where in the United States do I want to go? I feel like Utah is just like uh, it's it's not necessarily like Park City. I would think it's like uh, probably at the top of the list for some of those people for like extreme sports yeah. people. Uh, who, who aren't going to like Colorado and stuff like that? I'd say Park City would probably be up there, uh, but like Utah, uh, I feel like Utah is almost like a hidden gem. Like a lot, like yeah. a lot of people don't necessarily know what it has to offer. Let's keep it that way. And, yeah, right. The, key, the yeah, dime, diamond in the rough. We only want the mics of the world to come. Diamond in the rough, man. Stay open stay to on. life. Well, if you did get hit by a bus tomorrow, you'd be fine, and the bus would be the worst for it. You're uh, you're, you're you're looking strong. You're looking thick. <laughs> bus would be total. <laughs> Bus would be totaled. I'd, I'd, I'd just be nice and I'd be nice and fine. I'd just go on with the rest of my day. I'm really glad you talked to us, brother. And uh, and I've been looking forward to this. And you know, when I come to Chicago, oh man, yeah, man, you gotta you gotta you gotta come through, man. You gotta come through. Now, now that COVID, hopefully we can get this vaccine going, so like we can actually get back to a normal life. Yeah, come through, man. We have to show you all around the windy city. It's 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 on. I mean, is there any like climbing in there? Any canyons? Any mountains? Man, no. there is. <laughs> you're not you're not you're not gonna find any you're not gonna find a whole lot of nature out here well illinois is completely flat uh but dude they actually have some really sick climbing here they have a lot of climbing gyms and stuff out here and like a lot of uh like a, man, there's trust me there's plenty 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 of stuff to do in chicago, oh, chicago, chicago, chicago the, highest point, the highest point in the state is it like a corn Seriously? stack oh dude it, it might it no joke the highest point might be like one of these buildings one of these buildings in chicago it's probably like a, it's probably like a 30-story building it's probably like the highest point in the state all right can i climb that like tom cruise climbs in dubai in a mission impossible can i do that dude, you know so, you know sometimes people do climb these buildings dude do they get arrested what happens to them ah they do get arrested they, they oh, make no, it to the top shit. they get arrested once they make it to the top there's this one dude who used to wear like this spider it, it, it wasn't like Spider-Man. They actually used to call him Spider-Man, but uh, yeah, so, like, he'd yeah, wear like the special suit. He, he'd climb these, uh, these skyscrapers. And then they'd just wait for him at the very top. And then once he got to the top, they'd arrest him. This sounds like a <laughs> challenge that I'm up for. This is this hey, man. danger appeals to me. I'm, I'm and, loving this. And then you could just repel back down. I would like base jump. I would do like a parachute escape. They'll never oh, catch yeah, me alive, coppers. Like just, people do. As one does. I'll just, yeah, I'll, mark, I'll just GPS mark your house and I'll land and then he's your calling up. Then he's calling up Mike in his uh, Australian accent. Mike, I think I'm <laughs> from the Hey, man, hey. Oh, yeah. You, you be waiting at the bottom of the car. Mike, I got some serious heat. Oh, my God. I'm headed towards Michigan Avenue. You got to be there. I'm landing in 30 seconds. Look up. I'm the guy in the parachute. Yeah. All right. That's a deal. Sounds well, like a deal you, to sir. me. I'm like, yeah, we got, we, we, we got Jason. We got Jason parachuting right off of the skyscraper here. That's right, gonna happen. Man. Yeah, man. Dude, I haven't been downtown in forever. And now that I think about it, I haven't been downtown in like almost a year. It's been over a year, actually. Since Let's I've been see downtown. what's up. Let's see what's up. Wear one of your hats. Well, we will yeah, man. be in touch, my friend. Grab one of these just right off the wall. Next, next time you see a logo, it'll have Mike's signature all over it. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, man. Thanks for interviewing me. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you again for doing it. You're, again, fascinating people with extraordinary stories. That's what our podcast Everybody's is about. Everybody's story matters. That's you great. brought it. You brought yeah, it. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, great luck with the podcast, man. Keep keep, keep, keep uh, doing what you guys are doing. Looks like you get some good info, some good content out there. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I'll always be out here if y'all ever want. Got any questions, anything about any stuff? 
And uh, yeah, yeah, shoot my info to your uh, to your friend too. I know you're talking about the uh, graphic design, but yeah, feel free. I'm, I'm always open to stuff like that. Man, I like it. Be cool, baby. Stay cool. Thanks, bro. All right, guys. All right. Take care. Bye. Check you later. Bye.